Guys, welcome to this episode of XRC Pod. Um, I'm Vinay, and I have the usual suspects, Nirav and Kirby. And in the background, the ones and twos is Steven Shu. What's up, guys? Hey, how's it going? It is going. Uh, so what are we going to talk about today? So I thought it'd be an interesting topic here to uh, pose a chicken and egg question. Um, you know, I think we can acknowledge that uh, XR adoption hasn't been as quick as we all probably believed in 2015. And the question is, is that a problem of hardware not being ready? Is it a problem of content? Which one comes first, content or hardware? Yeah, so I actually did a quick uh, poll of some colleagues and the results I got back were kind of interesting. And I had you know more than one option on the poll, uh, basically why adoption is not high. And two, the two things that stood out the most were not enough return on investment and secondly, content is not good enough yet. So the quality of the content is not good enough. And I guess those kind of go hand in hand even, perhaps. Yeah, um, uh, very, very, very valid. My point of view on this is, especially when you look back at 2015, for example, I don't think, I, I don't think we're too far off from where we should be. I still think we're very early as it for, for a variety of reasons. One, it just takes a long time to invent new technologies. The XR space is that. It's an invention um, space first, and we're still inventing those. Um, and I also feel as though there's, oh, I almost look at it rather than a chicken and egg, it's like b making pizza, right? A cheese pizza. I love pizza, so a lot of things go back to either pizza or donuts. But if you think about it, if you were to ask somebody what's more important, cheese or the sauce and in the beginning when you're trying to make the first pizza those two things are equally as important uh for a variety of different reasons we're not at the topping phase yet right when it comes to this space um and i and we hope so right we were really hoping to have multiple pizzas maybe some chicken tendies on the side but like we're still trying to figure this out um and so the challenge here of course is going back to your point earlier of like is it a hardware or a content Certain industries, however, while we are early, I think we're still at the right time for adoption. Uh, it, it, there's no point in necessarily waiting uh, because there are still opportunities that the current hardware architecture and the content landscape can address. Uh, and we've talked about these in kind of various aspects, whether it is in the training space or now even in education. Uh, so the challenge ends up being is, do we truly understand the product we currently have and are, are there, is there content that really uh, speaks to that? And not just for the headsets, but also mm -hmm. in the workflows they need to be integrated in. So for example, if we were to talk about education, it's okay for a headset to just solve for the education problem. Now we're gonna get into all sorts of challenges when it comes to what's the ROI, right? Um, how much do you spend? But then we need to balance that out. Um, what is the cost of not being able to do a science experiment? Um, and especially, you know, we're, we're doing these from home or what are some of the other opportunities we can use these technologies for? And the last point I wanna make, and I see you smirking, so I know there you, you have a comment coming here soon, is also what's the role of content? When you try to explain the KSPs or the value prop about VR, you're using terms that are really foreign to the person you're you're talking to. Even within the industry, if I were to say, hey, this product is great for these reasons, both of you would interpret that differently. What 
unifies all of that is actually content, right? So if you were to say, I can do these things, here's how I'm going to do them. So that's, I feel, is what's actually missing is what, not so much the killer app, but what app or even applications in general um, really tie in VR that makes it relatable or understandable uh, to various audiences. So that's Merck was really about uh, thinking about doing a podcast on uh, pizza innovation. <laughs> Tough crust, what have you? But <laughs> no. or, or or even better yet, uh, what what uh, what's a better pizza? Um, yes, AR toppings. <laughs> there but you go. There it is. I, you brought up a really good point. I mean, I, I like the way you framed that. I think my perspective is very similar, but I'll let you judge that because I'm going to cite it in a slightly different way, and it's a workforce issue more than it's a, either hardware or software. And it's a because of the workforce that were the early adopters of VR or XR in general, the expectations were raised to a or were unrealistic. In that, you know, the, still the bulk of the industry is uh, gamers, right? They're they're game developers, they're game enthusiasts. They've approached the industry with a very consumer focused uh, mentality. Um, so the amazing things that can be done right now for the enterprise based on where the technology is, I think are underappreciated. Just for example, the idea of a Google Cardboard and a 360-degree photo to a class full of kids who are studying ancient Egypt in, 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 history, in history class. The fact that they can actually put on a small little cardboard device and see Abu Simbel and see the pyramids in a way that never could be done before is amazing. But the businesses aren't being constructed around that uh, to maximize the benefit of the current technology. Um, and I think that's really a, a workforce issue where um, we're not thinking about it the right way in terms of what's possible and what's salient right now. Yeah, so one of, one of the other results on that poll that I held yeah. uh, was actually lack of awareness. And maybe when you say workforce, that's I'm thinking more about awareness, like developers inside the company or business leaders yeah. don't realize they have this tool available to them. And there are problems today that can be benefited by using current technology. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah, I think both of those points are extremely valid. I, it it is they're they're part of the the pasta sauce or the tomato the pizza sauce, right? <laughs> they're they're equal ingredients in this. I'm not I'm not going to give this one up. This is this makes too much sense. I, I've actually, uh, uh, but it's just before lunch, you know. Now, yes, uh, that is it's it's yes, yeah, it's, it's always right before lunch somewhere. Um, no, but I, but I, it's a good point though, both in terms of overselling it to the workforce, and then there's some of that awareness challenges, um, because in part when you think about the opportunities, how would you even explain that to somebody? And then in the enterprise sense, in a way that let's say an IT administrator. You have to now explain it to them in a way how you're going to integrate or potentially replace or augment a tool, right? Um, and so there's considerations in there. And I, and I think earlier when we talked about or when I mentioned um, content being the more of the, the KSP to really drive that awareness, we don't really have a way to explain that in a way that I can say, here you go. You look at this. Here's how it's going to fit in. Here's how it's going to work. And I so I think that's a, a part of this is making sure we have the right expectations, which actually, if you really think about it, all this is just opportunity. Yeah. So I think we do, I don't know, do we agree that even in its current state, 
the hardware ecosystem, while it is early, there's some friction points, is good enough to solve existing problem sets. Yeah, I mean, for, for VR, for sure, the quality is there. Mm -hmm. uh, for AR, it's going to depend on the use case. And, and just in general terms there, for awareness, I kind of run into two different categories of people, whether or not they're technical, is either they assume XR just isn't here, you know, they're not aware of it, or they they have been uh, influenced by science fiction movies and think it's completely amazing and we can do very like far out things. Yeah, what do you think, Nerf? It's an interesting question. I, I, I think we need more clarity because um, I think the question is, is the hardware ready for certain it, certain use cases and are those use cases sufficient enough to drive adoption of a new platform, right? Certainly, I mean, just with my, my little ancient Egypt or uh, Egyptian ruins example, right? There is a use case there. Um, the question is, is that enough to get IT administrators to make the necessary changes for education institutions or, or enterprises to buy the technology or for, frankly, consumers to put that on their Christmas list, right? But I think it has been a, a focus that is ill-tuned with where the market is, which is why... Well, yeah, I mean, the first HoloLens, when that, that was announced and everybody saw Minecraft and it was like, whoa, this is yeah. incredible. And they were actually targeting consumers. Well, and they pivoted <laughs> early, right? I mean, right. magic forever. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think uh, definitely uh, there's there's some sense of timing there as well. And I think just in general expectations from an OEM standpoint, you know, when we when you look at projections, I think change a little bit because you 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 have to double down on the parts and things that you buy. So I do feel like from that standpoint, there's there's a, a much more logical growth curve that we are meeting, um, especially when it comes to the the iteration cycles that that hardware in general has. Um, yeah. So that's why I like to sometimes decouple the growth conversation from um, the hardware conversation a little bit because the hardware challenges, especially for AR and, and, and MR, when you start to add augmented capabilities to, to VR, we're, we're solving for physics problems that will take some, you know, some natural time. Um, where we are iterating, we're making things more comfortable. Many things are improving. Uh, hand tracking is open is opening up accessibility. Eye tracking is making VR experiences much more intuitive. So there's definitely some good discussion around what should be addressed in the near term. Uh, XR2 is a, is a great example of finally having all-in-one platforms that are that are pretty powerful. Um, still far from PCs. So on the content side, I guess is where are the opportunities there that can address this current technology set with a more realistic market expectation? Well, so Kirby had a really good point up, uh, early with, with his uh, user poll, right? Um, and that is the um, part of the complaint about the sector is that um, it doesn't justify return on investment at the moment. And each one of these features that you mentioned are adding more expense into production of content, right? Mm -hmm. And so I guess my question is what can be done now? Uh, and are these features critical for those initial use cases? I mean, granted eye tracking is gonna be amazing, but there's also a bigger barrier to, or it's gonna cause more expensive hardware. Then I think what we're actually really talking about really is just investment, right? I think mm -hmm. XR really is an investment platform for, for non-gaming. 
right on the non-gaming side uh, and the ROIs that that's what we have to really de determine where is really the ROI is there ROI there I, I do believe so we, we've seen that in let's say um, there's a hard rock hotel that was built I think it was Hollywood Florida it definitely was a hard rock I can't remember exactly where but uh, they used VR uh, for a lot of their designs and and they made some significant design changes when you put different stakeholders in the head in, in the headset and it it just reduced the the cost of rework so you had all these different experiences the construction of the hotel yeah the construction of the hotel okay. yeah, yeah the, the the construction of the hotel so right. you then you start to see um you know the the value in 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 that situation um especially when they started doing it from some initial design concepts they were using it more and more because they were one a lot of the your your assets are already digital so putting that into a work stream made sense uh, but i think those examples are good because it it mapped into what the actual job function needed to be and what this technology is mm -hmm. so i think there's a lot more of that awareness um, adding the right kind of folks like we we talked to Dirk a couple of weeks ago uh, for a tactile right mm -hmm. he's successful in this space right. with Windows MR with HoloLens um, and and with uh, PC VR uh, it's because he understands the problems that he's trying to solve for and not just using XR as a one-size-fits-all solution and so he's kind of using that as a uh, to augment what problems can you can't you solve with the existing tool set how can XR drive value and how do those things to work together and he's very patient about those things evolving so I think there's kind of that that you can do yeah so kind of goes back to what is the pain point mm -hmm. that your customer's experiencing well so I think also the industry-wise is a pain point which is you know, where's investment going, right? Where, like, when I see a lot of what is talked about in, uh, when I go down to the Bay Area, you know, they, they went from consumer game type or home games to location-based VR to I'm not investing in VR at all right now to, oh, hold on, maybe some of these enterprises applications could be useful oh, why do they need to take investment at all? There's already, they have customers. It's just kind of the interesting mindset, which doesn't seem aligned with, you know, I I, I think, well, here's the question. Uh, it, we've grown up in an e-commerce world, in a world where uh, enterprises function in a bring your own device mindset. Um, and with the rollout of a new piece of hardware, we're asking enterprises to say, to have centralized control, to issue a new device to their employees or have multi-use device. And sometimes the features aren't lined up for that. I mean, even the first HoloLens didn't allow multiple people to log in. Um, the Magic Leap, you know, you re it required you to have uh, custom fit uh, eyewear, overly customized to you. And, um, you know, with the Oculus, um, you know, changing your Facebook uh, ID is challenging to today, right? So a lot of that is kind of a, a lack of alignment with where the people are willing to spend money right now and mm -hmm. uh, what features are being rolled out. I guess the question is, who's the they, right? It's not like we're dealing with the man, right? Um, you know, there's there. That's the question is, who is supposed to fix this problem or the problems? Uh, my personal belief is that there's so much there's there's groups of opportunities. One of it is when you talk about kind of long-term R&Ding, there's, there's a certain group that does that. When you talk about the interface 
and the end user experience and the applications, there's a group for that. Then there's the platform tools uh, aspect of it that makes the ecosystem actually thrive and grow. And so I think that's really, for me, is the, the ongoing question. And I think it's why we do this. For I know the three of us believe this, but I think maybe we can get a little bit specific around the, the opportunity to fix those things is actually in our hands, right? And not in only in the hands of uh, large companies yeah. or other companies for that matter. It, it's like a lot of technologies where there's early adopters and some of those people bring those ideas back inside the corporation. So there's kind of a bottom-up understanding and it's, you know, often that top-down understanding to say, how can we be more productive? How, how can we, you know, generate more value? Yeah. So I think it's a lot of it is kind of that early adopter power user mindset that realizes, hey, we can apply this technology to this set of problems. I recently read the code by uh, Margaret O'Mara. Um, actually, I liked it so much I reread it. Um, uh, talking about uh, the history of Silicon Valley and the rise of the tech industry. And what's interesting is you go back to the history of the IT industry, it was a hardware game, right? For the longest time. It wasn't until, you know, Bill Gates and Microsoft started saying, hey, we could actually start making money on software. Because software used to be something that was just given out with the hardware or, and piracy was rampant. When I say they, I kind of do to a certain, put the onus on the hardware companies. Mm -hmm to focus on the right market because that creates an opportunity for the, the future Microsoft of the world, right? The, the software companies that are going to rise to get the most return on investment uh, to build that industry. Yeah. I mean, so along that lines, then everybody has, well, not everybody, but a huge percentage of the world's population has a smartphone. Right. And maybe that's why we're, starting to see a lot more mobile AR because, okay, hardware is not a problem. Now, what can we solve with that? Right? So maybe that's like the gateway into better uh, experiences that require more hardware. Sure. Yeah. There's definitely some opportunities there for, for all um, OEMs, right. To, to get involved. Um, but when you start to say, when you, when you when we as an industry or as individuals start to prioritize for others we're almost we're also putting kind of what our goals are and we're also overlooking architecture right there's there's some near there's there's trade-offs by doing something right long term for the near term and so i think we've we've all seen what happens when you properly plan for long-term architecture or when you don't because you want to solve a, a near-term problem. We've worked with a lot of startups that do that, that that fix a symptom and not the the, the cause issue. And then when you want to pivot or change, uh, we've seen a lot of hardware companies go out of business. Uh, we've seen a lot of hardware companies also really well invested with some of the best and the brightest minds reduce their workforce by two thirds, right? And it's because you're trying to solve for the knee-jerk reaction instead of long-term. I do think what's different between the XR industry and many other industries is how much empowerment the community has yeah. to solve for these problems um, and to make money on it today, right? With the existing tool set. Yeah, there's, there's tons of friction, right? Um, our game or engines, I had said game engines because they're the development platforms we use are game engines and they're not meeting the needs of enterprise. And, but we're seeing companies make that change, right? You're seeing a lot more 
enterprise grade solutions in the engines, but if you also know how much time that takes. So there's a lot of that. There's definitely a wait and see. Now, you could take this two approaches. You can wait until everything is fixed and then get in, or you can get involved early. The challenge of waiting is so is everybody else. Right. And you have to ask yourself, is your company good enough now to compete with when things become mainstream and main market to go head to head against those companies? And that's 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 the the risk of waiting. Yeah. Is your yeah. right? Or is this an opportunity or are you positioned? For this to be a growth phase and uh, early mover phase uh, for your company or organization or for your ideas, are you going to use this time to iterate and build your customer base? Uh, well, what does this phase mean for you? And, and I think that's when you get in. So we find that a lot of seasoned large companies with um, many other business opportunities, so maybe in XR and maybe in AI, maybe just other stuff. They just have a lot of opportunity costs. It makes <laughs> sense for them to wait sometimes, uh, but then you have niche problems that only XR can solve and it can solve it now. And then of course you have, that's kind of the beauty of being a small to medium sized company in technology in that your trade-offs are a lot less. So you can double down and get really good at these type of opportunities versus having to go through a management structure to pitch your point and potentially put your career on the line on this solution versus a tried and if like, that's the thing, right? is you you have to actually do put your career on the line sometimes to say this thing is going to take off it's going to be great and someone and then somebody will go back and say well what about this this sales this salesforce implementation this already works in maybe 70% of the, the 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 fit of what you're looking for versus the 85% in vr but i know but this level of certainty this is going to work so you kind of you you start to get into some of these uh challenges so i think it, there's multi layers really uh mm -hmm. to this and i think this is where the pizza analogy fails falls apart foggy pizza yeah <laughs> that's because you tried to use the microwave you gotta you have to use the oven you have to use the oven that's true yeah and crust right yeah well you can use the microwave to heat up a little bit so you take the freezer thaw or refrigerator thaw out and then you broil it I, I, i'm personally a cold pizza uh, cold leftover pizza fan <laughs> you're also a bruce springsteen fan so i think let's which not to knock that at all but I think hey. it's been forty. It's been at least twenty minutes since you bought them up. So part man, part monkey, baby. That's me. <laughs> but yeah, guys, like, what, what do you guys think the opportunity is? Right? Like, I mean, the opportunity is now. Uh, for whom and how? Yeah. Well, number one for me is training in VR and specifically uh, technical training. You know, mechanic is often brought up as as an yep. example. Uh, somebody who's new to a company, just getting familiar even with the layout of their part of the factory that they're going to work in is really valuable. Uh, so they can come in and at least know like, oh, this is how I find X. Here's how I find Y. I've seen it before. That's huge. Just just that one alone for a lot of companies can be uh, a, a good return. So are you talking about frontline worker in, in place training more than classroom training? Yeah. So for example, in some situations I've seen uh, a group of mechanics may have, you know, a week of training, yep. but, but if they can, and that would be typically on site. So you have travel involved, you have a lot of scheduling involved and so on. Uh, and plus maybe you have a limited amount of iterations. You can go through some uh, scenario, yep. but if you can give them two days up front where they're in a headset offsite, uh, that's saving on uh, 
uh, time yeah. at the hotel. Plus, they get multiple iterations going through scenarios. So when they do come to the on-site training, they're ready to, to get in and and you know just pile on more more learning. So that's exactly so. This I, I love that example because this is exactly where I, I think that is a huge opportunity. And you know, part of what I did prior to starting Moonbeam was help build train, enterprise trainers. The challenge, though. And I th this is why I think the industry needs to recognize the potential there because there are features that are pretty easy to adopt um, that the startups in the space that get it are fighting against and the startups that don't get it don't even know that it's needed, right? For example, it's amazing that the HoloLens fits as safety goggles in a hard hat, right? It's constructed to be uh, work at safety goggles. The challenge with version one was uh, testing the market, but they it they found hard adoption in the enterprise because no one wears the same. Every the, the equipment has to be reused by multiple people, so you need to enable individual logins and authentication against an Active Directory server for it to actually be implemented at scale, which they've learned and they've they've adapted on Hololens too. You know the same equipment is going to be used by multiple people. And so customizing it to that consumer experience of my device in my house just doesn't, it actually hinders adoption. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, training, we, we've found, I think, kind of, you know, we, we try to create the, the magic pill, right? Uh, whenever we have ongoing issues. And I think we use training, we overuse the phrase training, training, we, yeah. we mean it to mean different things. Um, and, but it's, but it's, you get a lot of head nods cause we all agree to the thing. We, there's a lot of great proof points, the, the when and where and how I think is a challenge, um, which is of course, everything has a challenge, right? I mean, what video conferencing tools ha have a challenge in implementing, even though we know they work. So it's not unique to XR, um, you know, but it's kind of, it's fun to kind of talk about it a little bit because you know, it works, you know, there's opportunities to improve. It all seems like very low hanging fruit. But that's probably why I think content, while I don't know if we're in a chicken and egg scenario for content, I do think content is going to be so important in helping to articulate what you mean by, let's say, training. Because yeah. that's what we, what we, it's the issue that we have is that we'll talk about training, we'll talk about education, we'll talk about empathy, but that's such wide implementations. Right. I, and I think Dirk actually called it out a little bit um, when we spoke to him about his definition of training. And it was super specific. And for yep. this particular market, and because he's kind of honed in on that, I think, and, and many successful uh, players in the space have done that. Um, until we get to the point, I feel like, of where we can point to a piece of content um, that describes what we mean in entirety, mm -hmm. we're going to continue to talk past each other and sell past each other. Right. Yeah. So, so I guess um, then the question really is going back to your original question is, um, are we in a chicken and egg scenario? I'm going to say yes. And, and basically because uh, the hardware, the idea of this, right, started 50 years ago or so, and has seen multiple iterations on the hardware front. We're at capable hardware now. So let, I'm going to go with uh, content that we need better experiences. Uh, and as, as you say, be able to point to more examples that demonstrate return on investment for the business side. So 
I'm going to say that we are in a chicken and egg situation right now. If we think of it as the current processes for buying IT and, and um, you know, the current bring your own device model of um, managing resources. However, if we realize that it's a death trap, it's a suicide wrap, and we got to get out while we're young, we can make progress. <laughs> Stretching for the Springsteen reference. Yeah, yeah, no, that's why I'm shaking my head because I, <laughs> I caught that. It's, uh, uh, but I, and I think all very valid points. And the, the, the short of it is we're all right to a certain extent because we're solving for this problem for different customers, different segments. I don't, I personally don't think we're in a chicken and egg scenario. I think we're very much in an investment scenario. Uh, we're in a growth phase. Um, and here's why. If you found the killer app, our customers or you still have the challenges that you have today. Because when I say the killer app or that experience, it means different things to each of the businesses that we're trying to build, right? There, there isn't gonna be that unifying thing yet. Um, I also feel like there's still so much growth opportunity in the hardware ecosystem, in the content ecosystem uh, that I don't want, knowing that there's still so much areas for improvement. If uh, tomorrow the killer app came out, there's no way it addresses those. So I don't want to define an entire industry on something that is still so nascent that doesn't properly address those issues. We, we spoke to Joel Ward uh, on accessibility. We, we haven't even addressed the accessibility issue. So I, I don't wanna tie my definition of what is until we've even tied those issues. But that's why we're still trying to build the pizza. Uh, we we all have uh, you know it's it's we're we're not there yet. We haven't built the pizza yet, so we can't really talk about toppings and when to have it, uh, and let alone um, you know our theories on what's the best way to heat up a day old pizza, or pineapple or not. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> the industry is not ready for that yet. <laughs> awesome. Did we get there? Did we answer your question? I guess. <laughs> yeah, it definitely made me think. I, I really. So I guess. Two things that I brought up is I am, I would say, passing the buck a little bit, mm -hmm. um, which you, you guys pointed out, which is good. Um, keeps me honest, right? And uh, you, we are in a growth phase, I would say, but I kind of heard from you on that last statement that it's not even, it, we're still actually maybe in the research phase because we're, the platform's not there yet, right? So people are still testing out different things to see what 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 fits. Which is a great place to be, right? Right. Um, it's know, an opportunity for people to rise out of that. And that's kind of the, the challenge of, of talking about VR as a whole, because AR is still an extreme research phase, right? Um, right. And, and on the VR side, you have pretty good products. And MR is still a little bit in the middle, right? Because the, the true mixed reality. And I hesitate in even making even that statement because then you, you're going to discount or not even acknowledge how much financial opportunity there is there's always opportunities to fix things but there's so much opportunities right now to build xr businesses or businesses with xr so mm -hmm. i think i want to caveat what our timing for scale is our definition of scale in which market segment you want to actually penetrate there um and realize that there's while things are early um we're st also still seeing innovations um even on the something as old as like the pc and and and, um, and mobile devices side as well, maybe pricing innovations, uh, but there's still growth there. Um, and so, yeah, so I think there's a, there's opportunities for for each phase. I think we just have to maybe get a little better at defining 
what problem we're trying to solve, whose responsibility is to solve it, and where our own individual opportunities are, whether as individuals to, to get involved or as companies trying to build uh, mm -hmm. uh, businesses around this. Yeah, and I think too on the business side, uh, it, it, it's important to educate the business partners that uh, if they implement a solution in XR, there will be that upfront cost. There's the understanding of how to model things and so on. But we're also moving towards IoT, a lot more IoT devices and this digital twin. And there's a lot of uh, technologies that are coming together to build much bigger solutions. And the companies that do that are going to be presumably at an advantage. But the other part of that, by, by getting in now, you're building skills and the assets you build are reusable a fair bit. Like we started talking about the uh, Hard Rock Hotel that was designed in VR. I, I remember reading and listening to uh, a person with one of the hotel chains, smaller hotel chains. And they have the same issue, not for building new hotels, but for doing renovations. So typically they would have to build a, a huge mock-up, have their owners come in, you know, a few hundred owners and operators go through the different options they had for rooms and pick out what they can afford as options. But now they do all of that in VR, right? So they save all this huge time uh, yep. and travel money again for the owner operators. But more significantly, the assets they've created, they then get second and third use out of. So they can use those assets for rendering videos, high quality videos for advertising. They can also use those assets for print uh, advertising. So it it's it's pretty interesting, I guess, to see how some folks and companies have taken advantage. For sure, yeah. When when you see the pieces connect, it's profound, right? It's a it's a game changer. It's a definitely competitive leg up, but it's kind of finding the right piece. So I, I hope we answered your question. I think we did in, in that it's an evolving question. But uh, for, for those of you listening and watching, like, what do you think? Are we in a chicken and egg scenario when it comes to content and hardware innovation? And also, do you, where do you think the responsibility is? Is the responsibility on the industry, uh, which really means no one's responsibility? Or where's your opportunity in this space? Well, that's all the time we have uh, today for our uh, episode of XRC Pod. Thanks for tuning in and you can catch us on XRCPod.com or wherever you find uh, your podcasts. Cheers. <laughs>